0: What up, world? Pass first point guard and trailblazers reporter Mike Richmond. Listen to another episode of Locked on Blazers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube. Thanks for making Locked on Blazers your first listen every single day, free on all platforms five days a week. That's platforms five days a week. So make it a part of your daily routine to make it your first listen every single day. It is mock draft season. With the, uh, with the draft order set, we now know where all of the picks in the draft will be. All 58 this year because two teams lost second rounders. All 58 It is mock draft season. We are going to run through the mock drafts, talk about who the people, who the prognosticators think the Blazers will could select with the number seven overall pick. Talk about wh- whether I think those are good ideas. Uh, I think there's sort of th- some consensus building around a couple prospects that are going to be available. In the Blazers range, talk about some reporting on whether the Blazers are going to keep this pick at all. And then we'll discuss kind of what maybe they should do and the art of drafting, particularly in the middle of the lottery. So let's just start by rolling through the mock drafts. Uh, I will say this. I I think this early, like... the people who do this professionally and then certainly are people who are really, really good at this. They've been talking to executives and they've been talking to scouts and they've been talking to college coaches and, and then agents and kind of finding out where guys stack up. But r- right now is so early in the process. Like the, the NBA teams are still at the combine this week after you get to the combine and then you get into workout season, then you, things will move around a little bit, but, um, Typically, NBA teams, and particularly teams, you know, like the Blazers, who have been out of it for a long time, they've done a lot of their homework. Like they're building their books. They've already built their books. They're just finalizing kind of the details now. And by build their books, I mean like they're literally build like a draft scouting book on these guys. Like they're and they're doing that with tape. Like they're they watching these guys play for all of the college tape or for international prospects, all of the international tape, uh, for you know, for guys who didn't go to college, the AU tape and non Shane Sharp. Like all of they're pouring over that, and they will. most of their stock into what they see on that film and then the this season like this stretch now we have about a month before the and uh, leading up to the draft this this time of year is just like getting to know guys getting to know where your positions might be on kind of like if we could if we're going to be seven we're going to stay here where are other teams kind of taking like you're gathering intel and you're finalizing a feel on on prospects like no team, you know, every team kind of gets, can get, can get wowed by a workout, but like teams that if you put too much stock in workouts, you get fooled. Um, it it's, it's why, uh, it, it's why workout season can, uh, you know, you can, t- Yi Jianlan just kills the chair he just that chair never he he destroyed that chair that chair never stood a chance um, and he didn't turn out to be a particularly good player in the NBA so like what all of this is to say I believe the early mocks by people who do this professionally are pretty close but I think they will change and so I want to do them right now to like today this is Thursday May 19th show immediately after the draft order is set and then we will keep looking at them as they change but this is like a good starting point where the earliest part of like the finalized pick process where folks think uh, prospects are likely to go we'll just run down ESPN Jonathan Gavoni has the Blazers taking Jalen Duren from Memphis the youngest player in this draft class a shot blocker Um, you know high motor really good defensive player super raw offensively Uh, you know he could he's he's out of the outside of the top three, you know, this is your next like true big, um, the next true big that's going to come off the board is going to be Jalen Duran. Um, you know he's he's if he was more skilled offensively he may move up uh, I think in in general he lacks the sort of positional versatility that makes um, for like super appealing bigs and he lacks the outside shooting that maybe like really you want in like your modern bigs but uh, you know high motor big body who can really play defense and you're hoping that he'll you know he won't be he doesn't turn 19 uh, until after the draft so like. You, you know this is this is someone who you're hoping it gr- can grow a lot. Like has a lot of room to improve. Over at the Ringer, Kevin O'Connor has the Blazers taking AJ Griffin, wing from Duke. Uh, these are two names that are going to pop up a bunch. So we'll spend a little time on each of them. Uh, AJ Griffin is you know a six six shooter, a guy who shot above forty percent on volume from the, at Duke. He, he can do that. A bankable and incredibly valuable skill has the frame to be, uh, you know, to be to be a really good shooting wing. The concern with him is that he's slow, a little bit slow on defense. Um, I was, I, you know, I've seen him play a bunch just because of my ACC ties. Uh, I don't think he's like this. I don't think he he doesn't really do the D part of three and D for me yet. Um, in fact, I've heard you know Kevin Pelton, friend of mine who works for ESPN, said that he might that uh, A.J. Griffin might even play four in the pros because of the, his lack of foot speed. Just not maybe not like fast enough to guard on the wing. He's had some knee injuries. Um, you know, maybe he maybe he can rebound and find a little bit of explosiveness. I don't love his off the bounce game, although I think he has the frame to be probably develop into an okay driver, but the right size can really shoot it. Like, that's a top 10 pick, um, even with the limitations. And the limitations, like Duran, like, it's like, he's not much of an offensive player. Uh, AJ Griffin might not be much of a defensive player, not, not much of a playmaker, but bankable skills for Dern, it's the defense. For A.J. Griffin, it's it's the shooting. Uh, the bankable skills can help you climb up the board and that's why Griffin is very likely to be a top 10 type pick. Um, I was probably higher on him in the middle of the year when he was shooting like 47% from three. Uh, I thought during Duke's tournament run against higher level competition, I think I, I I don't know if I soured on Griffin, but I came away from early in the year thinking like this dude's going to be a bankable very good pro to being like, yeah, I think he can play in the league for a long time, but I don't know very good pros where I still land. At CBS, Gary Parrish has the Blazers taking Oshai Akbaji the uh the uh, Kansas wing he averaged 18 points a shot 40 percent from three last year he's older for his draft class you know 22 um he's he, you know a guy who who took a who had to go through the full college full college process of like developing and finding his place uh but you know a really a really good college basketball player last year and a guy who's who's polished right like could probably be can be helpful right away. Uh I don't know that I've seen uh Agbaji as high as 7 in any of the other mocks is probably about as high as I've seen him. Uh so this was a bit of a surprise for me but I like I mean this is position of need for the Blazers and and you got to like that sort of position of need. Uh, CBS has another, they do have a couple different reporters do mocks. And um, the other one has, has them taking tight the Blazers taking Ty Ty Washington, uh, point guard out of Kentucky with the seventh overall pick. And the reasoning is that the Blazers need more guards. And I'm not even going to go into that one. They just don't need that. <laughs> it's not what they need. They don't need more guards. They certainly don't need a point guard. Um, it's an, it was, uh, we can do better. I got a bunch more of these in the uh, fire loaded up. I got five more mock drafts, and we run through mock draft season. I'll talk a little bit about uh, kind of my philosophy on drafting. But so far, you know, Jalen Duran, AJ Griffin, Oshayag Bhaji, That's like those are those are positions of need, and I think Duran and Ben and uh, Duran and AJ Griffin are names going to come up. Other people think they're going to be right in the Blazers range. We're starting to see that consensus. Who else is on that list? I may have just let one slip, but who else is on that list? A couple other useful wings and, a, and, uh, and some some players who could help projected to go to the Blazers in these early mock drafts. We'll talk about in the second segment. But first, let me tell you about Truebill. Look, companies make it hard to cancel subscriptions. So Truebill is here to make it incredibly simple. All you got to do is link your account and Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in one tap. It's a new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions that you don't need, that you don't want, or you simply forgot about. And on average people save up to $720 a year when they use Truebill. Uh, I've used Truebill in less than 15 minutes. I downloaded the app, signed up, and had my eyeballs on all of my digital subscriptions. I am a mid-range millennial who has a lot of digital subscriptions. It helped me quickly see what I was paying for, kind of figure out what kind of, what where I was given my money. Money each month and so to make some of my decisions. It'll be easy for you too. You can cancel them in one click. And if you don't, if it takes more than one click, you're paying for a service. And a Truebill concierge will cancel your unwanted subscriptions for you. TrueBill has over two million users and has helped save them over a hundred million dollars. So don't fall for the subscription scam. Start canceling today at Truebill.com/slash locked on MBA. Go right now. Truebill.com slash locked on MBA could save you thousands a year. That's truebillcom slash locked on. On NBA, today's show also brought to you by Bill Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market. Uh, I got a box. I got a big old box upstairs in my office. Uh, I got I got an office and a little dungeon down here where I record the podcast studio. I'm living the life, but upstairs in my office, I got a box sitting right there in front of my computer uh, where I, I have birthday cake flavored Bilt Bars. It's like a chocolate covered marshmallow treat that also has 16 grams of protein. Uh, you are not going to find anything like it out there. These are the, this, uh, birthday cake puff and all the puff flavors from built Bar are are these marshmallowy yummy kind of, uh, puffy, gooey, airy treats. Plus they got on average 17 grams of protein. Uh, Go get yourself some. If you're not looking for the marshmallowy flavors, I got plenty of others that you're going to like. And while you're there, you can save some money by using the promo code LOCKED15 for getting, and you'll get 15% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right, let's keep it rolling. We got more mock drafts. Next one comes from Jeremy Wu at Sports Illustrated who has the Blazers with the seventh pick taking Ben Mathren out of out of Arizona. Ben Matherin, I, I I was really into Ben Matherin during the season. I started this like this, you know, this is like a a, a wing with size that scores at all three levels. He can play a little bit of defense. He's maybe not much of a passer, but if you can score and you can defend, you can play a complimentary role like right away in the league. And I was getting excited about Ben Matherin. Uh, and then uh, my good friend, Mark Schindler, who, who you know, is like does some professional scouting in addition to writing about basketball. Told me that he was worried that Ben Mathra was more like six five. And I was like, well if he's six five, he's not really a three in the league, but he measured today. Mathra measured today at the NBA Combine at six foot six. Um that's like wing size. You know, six seven, six eight would be ideal for what the Blazers need. I think six six isn't like perfect, but 6'6 six, six, you're getting there. Yeah, he's got a wingspan pushing over six foot ten, like plus the shooting. Um he's he could i am in, i would i am back on the very intrigued with Ben Mathurin he is he is move, moving up my list for very intriguing because um the like every team needs lengthy athletic shooting wings like and he seems to check a lot of those boxes. Um, he's, you know, like like I said, if he was six foot eight, he would be like the fifth pick in the draft, right? Maybe even higher because he's a little bit smaller frame wise, and maybe doesn't have like um, great playmaking skills. Instead of being this surefire top four pick, like just after the the, the big three in this draft, he's going to slip down to like six, seven, eight, it's a couple spots just because of his frame, basically. But I'm I'm a pretty big believer uh, in, be- in in Benedict Mathrin, so uh, I. I when I saw this from uh, saw this from Wu on on Sports Illustrated, I said, "All right, word." Uh, Brian Kalbos- Kalbroski at USA Today has the Blazers taken. Jalen Dern of Memphis. Over at Bleacher Report, Jonathan Was- Wasserman has the Blazers taken. AJ Griffin. At SB Nation, Ricky O'Donnell has the Blazers also taking Jalen Duran. And at Basketball News, Matt Babcock has the Blazers taking Ben Matherin. You're starting to see a trend. The last one that I've got here aggregated for you is over at The, at the Athletic. Sam Vecini has the Blazers taking Jeremy Sohan out of Baylor. Sohan is, is big, right? Like 6'8", um, maybe pushing 6'9", he can handle the ball, he can like dribble and get a little bit downhill. He doesn't have he doesn't have much outside shooting, so I wonder if in the league his ability to handle the ball and drive is a little bit diminished because of just the way defenses will guard him. Um, he really he really struggled, the free-throw line under 55%, struggled from the three-point line under 30%. Um, that is a problem, but he's an elite, def- he was an elite defender in college and projects as someone who could probably be a, a pretty darn good defender early in his career. In general, and I've said this a bunch, and you know, I'll always say it is like rookies are bad on defense so banking on someone to be like the Blazers will get Jeremy Sohan and he'll be their wing stopper is like not fair it's not fair in year one uh, at all it's an unfair expectation but I think like in general to say like this is a young man who could develop into a very good defensive player he's 19 years old Um, like if the offense ever pops he might be a really special player but I think like his defense and his versatility is worth considering because he could play both forward spots with that defensive versatility. The Blazers have a glaring hole at power forward. He could step into that. Um, you know, if he's your day one starter at power forward, the Blazers probably aren't very good, but if he, he could probably with with his defensive potential could be a rotation piece right away. You can never have too many dudes who are six foot nine athletic. You add a little bit of ball, of ball handling. Um, you're, you got something cooking there with Sohan. He's him and math are, are very high on my list right now. Um, as mentioned as promised you're this is like you're starting to already see the consensus and i want to say two things about this beware of the consensus at draft time this this whole season lends itself to a certain level of groupthink that i think is a little bit unhealthy because so i'm not a big college basketball person uh how i get prepared for the draft is yeah I've got my list of people I really trust. I read a ton about it. I watch some. I watch some YouTube videos, just like some scouting breakdowns. I'll read as much as I possibly can. I will get. I will be get as much knowledge as I can of these prospects. But you can't really learn about these guys unless you've watched a like a bunch of their games. It's just easier to like to really know about a basketball player. You gotta watch them play. Uh, Me learning me. Reading about them helps me develop an opinion based on several different opinions, and and then you start to just like, oh well, I like Sam Vecini, so I'm gonna I I trust him, and I straight up I do like Sam Vecini, so I trust him. Brian kobrowski someone who's been on this uh, show before and, and really plugged in on draft stuff, I trust him too. If they start to kind of pick the same guys in the range, there starts to be this like weird kind of groupthink. This this idea that now. Because AJ Griffin is pegged to go between five and nine, if he falls to tenth, then you got to steal. Is is that how that works? Like, I, or if someone is pegged to go thirteenth, say like uh, Tari Eason, and they go seventh, then you then it's a bad pick, and you'll get a bad grade on Draft Night. You'll get a you'll get a C minus from whoever gives out these grades on Draft Night because of the groupthink. Because we've developed this idea, and 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 everyone has kind of agreed that like these um, the Through these consensus mock drafts that I'm reading to you here on this, you know, a consensus that I'm building here on this podcast, like we start to kind of get, um, you start to think like, oh, this is the 7th best player in the draft. And so if they go another direction, they're wrong. I want to caution against that. Uh, And I want to caution against you. I want to say like if you are getting prepared for the draft and you start to fall in love with someone who's like, oh, I really like this guy's game, but he's supposed to go 17th. It doesn't mean that he's the 17th best player in the draft. It means that the sort of that's, that's where he's either pegged to go by people who are plugged in or, you know, ranked by people who are building big boards. And I think big boards don't, a hey, big board, how good is this guy, or how good might they be, is very different from like, how likely is this person to develop into a useful shooter that could slot in next to Damian Lillard? Like, fit is really important. Uh, and so, like, my, I guess what I'm saying here, what I'm like, all, all of this is to say, like, I would caution against, like, when you're reading all this stuff to, um, to, to to consider players sort of locked into a spot. Uh, I think you're starting to see the consensus. AJ Griffin is a name that a lot of people have in the Blazers range. Jalen Dern is a name that a lot of people have in the Blazers range. Ben Matherin is a name that a, a, a lot of people have in the Blazers range. I thought we were going to see more people pick Jeremy Sohan from Baylor because I think he fits what the Blazers need a little bit more, like in terms of like specific skill sets. Um, cu- curiously enough, he's not there. It doesn't mean he wouldn't be a better fit. It just means like people say like... You take the best player available. And I want to mention this before we move on. This is kind of my theory on this. I think in general, I am a best player available person. Uh, Regardless of position, I think the Blazers, you take the best player on your board. But it's not that simple because best player... If the best player on your board can't get playing time, they're not the best player for your franchise. If the best player on your board overlaps too much with what you what your best skills already are, you can't maximize what they're going to be. They're not the best player for your team. So the truth the truth to that is that I don't think you should shy away from taking a guard if the Blazers say if the Blazers board says this dude is just like a full tier above everyone else left on the board at 7. Like we we really like uh you know say like uh, Johnny Davis or something. Not a name that's not there and it's probably going to be behind them. Guard from a uh, two guard from Wisconsin. But a, a really good defensive player with with some offense, you know, with some shooting ability, but maybe not a lot of uh, individual creation at the next level. That's a concern about Davis. Uh, like if the Blazers have him ranked 7 and they go with that and it doesn't he doesn't um it's okay, but it's worse for like, it's okay because you want to, you want to get the best player available, right? If that's the best player on your board and you're confident in it and you like, and you can do it and you, you can do it without, you know, you know, stretching too far. Like it's like a reasonable selection for, um, for, for what your team needs, go for it. But if it's not reasonable, if you can't fit them in, if you can't get them playing time, like I worry about Jalen Duran specifically, I think, you know, you don't want to start rookies in general, but if, if you sign Nurk to a four year contract and Durin is like forever a backup on this team, you're not getting the most out of that pick. So, like, the real art to this is the nuance between both best player available and fit meeting on a roster and getting the most out of a draft pick by finding the best player available who also fits within the sort of reasonable plan from your team. Here's the thing sounds like the Blazers might not take this pick. <laughs> Sounds like the Blazers might not make this pick. Some reporting from a friend of the program, my friend and yours, Jason Quick of The Athletic, suggested the Blazers just straight up aren't going to keep this pick. Let's talk about that to close the show. Before we do that, I want to tell you about Saqqara. Listen, feeling your best starts with what you eat, and Saqqara helps you live a healthy, balanced lifestyle and truly enjoy it with delicious, plant-rich, transformational nutrition that builds a foundation for living in your best body. Sakara is a wellness company anchored in food as medicine on a mission to nourish your, nourish your body through the power of plants. Their nutritionally designed, chef-crafted breakfasts, lunch, and dinners are made with powerful plant-rich ingredients, helping boost your energy, support your digestion, curb your sugar cravings, and get your skin glowing. Plus, it's all delivered right to your door. Sakara's functional plant-rich wellness essentials help you create a body you love living in. And right now, Sakara is offering my listeners 20% off your first order when you go to sakara.com/locked. On 20, or enter the code locked on 20 at checkout. That's Sakara, S A K A R A dot com slash locked on 20 to get 20% off your first order. Sakara dot com slash locked on 20. Still a pass, first point guard. Still Mike Richmond. You're still listening to Locked on Blazers. And we went through all that trouble talking about the Blazers picks. Because we need to know. It's draft season. We need to know. This is a this is going to be a draft-heavy podcast for the next month. We're diving in. I'm diving in with you. We're going to learn as much as we possibly can about the NBA draft. But according to reporting from Jason Quick, veteran reporter covering the team for more than two decades, um, the best beat reporter, one of the best beat reporters in America, quite frankly, and a friend of mine, uh, many-time guest on this program, Quick reported that the Blazers are gonna trade this pick. He didn't he didn't say it sort of definitively. And he put and, and, and the reporting comes from uh a the a mock draft, a, a beat writer mock draft that the Athletic held right after the lottery was uh was established. The the lottery, the draft order was established following the lottery. And Quick just said like the Blazers want to get veteran help because they want to be good right away. Uh, the quick cited a quote from Joe Cronin where Cronin said that there's, it's no secret that veterans are, are more helpful to winning than rookies. And I just like, I've said this a bunch in the program. I've said it, I've said it before Cronin said it. And I'll, I will certainly agree with it afterwards. Like, yes, yeah. Vets are more valuable than rookies in terms of winning immediately. Uh, this is just true. Uh, that quote I'm not saying that, that quote was an, in specific reference to if the Blazers had two picks, would you trade the second pick? And and Cronin said, basically said, yeah, yes, yes, we will trade that pick. That was at an end-of-the-year press conference. But I mean... Th- as quick points out there, that's just tipping. It's, it's Cronin tipping his hand. Like if this pick had been in the top four, it changes the game for the Blazers. They wanted a franchise altering player. If you slip out of that top three, top four, you're probably just getting like you're aiming for a player that you hope is a long-term starter in the league, but it's probably not a game changer, franchise alterer, that type of talent. Like they wanted a Jabari Smith or a Paolo Bencaro. Uh, They would probably have dealt with a Chet Holmgren if they could. They're not in that range. Those guys are going to go you know one two three in some order because those are you know pretty much the consensus top players in this are the consensus top players in this draft there's a pretty big drop off i think after that and then there's even probably a steeper drop off once you get to the blazers range it doesn't mean the blazers can't find a game changer there and i've been on record saying that i think the blazers just use their pick because rookies are valuable but they don't want to do that they want to be good and Quicks' reporting suggests that they want to be good right away and they believe being good right away is 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 getting a, getting veteran help and they're going to trade this pick Quicks plugged in it means it doesn't mean that it's not like a 100% lock i i wouldn't read it as that and i'm not disrespecting jason's r- reporting by saying that but jason knows stuff D- the dude the dude knows stuff if you've been following the blazers for a long time the man knows things the Blazers are certainly shopping this pick. Here is the question: I think this is like the sort of the the crux of this. If they're just straight up trading seven for a veteran, they better get one hell of a player because you just not you just don't have that many cracks at the top ten. You do not have that many cracks at the top ten. Uh, the Blazers have not been in the lottery very often. This is only the eighth time since 1985 that they've been in the lottery. They don't have many shots at this. You kind of got to get it right when you're here. This is where you get a Brandon Roy or a Lamarcus Aldridge or a Damian Lord or CJ McCollum, right? Like this is this is where you get those players. And only of those players was Lamarcus Aldridge at a top five pick. He was fourth or he was second and they traded, they had the fourth pick and traded up to get him. Like you, you kind of, if you're in this range, you kind of got to get it right. Obviously, there's risk involved. Sometimes you end up with Greg Oden. Sometimes you end up with Martell Webster for sure. I get that, but I am of the belief that to be good in this league, you need uh, rookies that contribute. And if you punt on your opportunity to draft rookies, you punt on your opportunity to find rookies that can contribute. That said, if they can trade for a veteran that can help right away, that fits the that fits with what they want to do, like a power forward who can play in in this, or even a three, either of the forward spots, who is like really useful. And whether that's, whether that means Jeremy Grant or not is like a whole nother question. But let's just let's let's just in let's just do it in like in theory and I'll dial it in a little bit. Theoretically, yes, that's like an okay if you wanted to get us if you wanted to improve the team immediately for next season, having a vet would be more valuable than having a rookie. It's probably in my mind an irresponsible way to build a team. And specifically trading seven for Jeremy Grant seems like a bad call. He's on an expiring contract. If you trade for him It's opportunity cost. You're just going to end up extending him. Is Jeremy Grant at $25 million a year get you closer to a championship than just having a decent rookie and a little bit more flexibility? I think I'd go. I know that I would go with the rookie. I do not think the do not necessarily think the Blazers share that opinion with me. Um, and, And perhaps in many ways motivated by Damian Lord's urgency to go ahead and go for it. 19, 20-year-olds help you build a team, a winner over the long haul. Veterans help you go for it right away. Dame wants to go for it right away. It changes the way you value things depending on where you are in sort of the roster-building cycle, and the Blazers have a chase-something mentality, it appears. I don't know, but that's like from the outside, that's what it appears. I wouldn't do it. I'm I'm okay with trading back in the draft. Like, if the Blazers can trade for—I'm okay with like if my opinion matters— in my opinion, it would be a better path to try to trade seven back for like one of the the Spurs the uh, the Spurs pick if they want to move up uh, the Rockets or the Rockets the Hornets have two picks in the teens if you could get one of those and something else and then flip that I'm I'm much more comfortable with that those types of moves in terms of like re, like uh, responsible roster building like a responsible roster building. Cashing in seven for Jeremy Grant doesn't seem like the move. But it also seems like, according to according to all of the, the signs, it seems like something the Blazers are considering doing because they wanted a game changer. They wanted to, someone who can really help right away. And they look at the A.J. Griffins and ben, Benedict Matherins, Oshai Agbajis and Jalen Duren and say, these dudes aren't going to help us right away. And even if they project them to be long-term starters, we need more than that because we want to, we want, we think Damon, Ant and Nurk or whatever it might be can like get us there if we get the right parts around them. The reporting suggests the Blazers are going... Quick suggests the Blazers are just going to trade this pick. I have my reservations about it. But my opinion is very different from what the Blazers are doing. Like, I don't... um, What what I think is what I think. And what I think they will do is just a whole different thing. And what I think they'll do is I think they're going to trade this pick. And I think there's a a reasonable chance that they end up flipping seven for Jeremy Grant. And it's going to be a just debacle (laughs) um hopefully they don't do that and we don't have to discuss it anymore in fact i'm going to put a moratorium on discussing that specific trade on this podcast for let's say 10 days or so (laughs) we'll we'll touch back next week but it looks like the blazers there's some there the the prognosticators have a consensus who the blazers might draft and the blazers are leaning towards not drafting any of those dudes who the prognosticators think will be available in their range That's where we are a day after the lottery. We've got a long way to go a month before the NBA draft. A lot can happen. Make sure you're listening to Locked on Blazers to follow along with what is indeed happening. If you're looking for us, we're available on all platforms. Just search Locked on Blazers. You'll find us. Make us your first listen every day. Make your second listen Locked on NBA Big Board. Uh, Just a, a wonderful place to get all of your draft news from folks who we're at the combine all this week or are still at the combine now i'm sitting in on nba draft workouts on super plugged into what's happening check it out locked on nba big board and then come back and listen to the show appreciate you listening talk to you soon